podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to episode 110 of GigPod, the Glasgow's Green Podcast. I am Rigel, your host for this episode, and I'm joined this week by Spunkphone. How you doing, mate? John, it's a pleasure as always. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful spring day here in uh, sunny Glasgow. Celtic are three points closer to taking back what's ours. And yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a fantastic mood, particularly because I'm speaking with your good self. Um, how are you, mate? I'm fine, mate. And now I've got to say that this is the second podcast in a row where it's been a lovely sunny evening. Yet I've still given the listeners what they want and cracking out Celtic podcasts. I'm I'm a hero. I have to say that I'm a hero. No comment. <laughs> right. Okay. So as everybody knows, we're going to talk about Celtic's two 0 win over Ross County yesterday, which, as you say, took us three points closer to the title. Now, before we actually talk about the game, what was your frame of mind going in the game? Because our beloved dear leader Stevie had, as they say in the biz, worked himself into a right shoot about this. He was very concerned about it in a run-up, really. I think he thought we were going to drop points. He'll probably say he doesn't think that, but all week he was going on about how difficult it was going to be. We talked about it in the last podcast when he was going on about the WhatsApp rumours. But as I said in the last pod, I was 100% confident with the win. I thought it would be a bit of a difficult game, and it was to an extent. But I was really confident we'd get the win. What were your thoughts like in the week leading up to it? Were you worried like he was or were you more sensible like me? John, certain individuals just don't have the, the minerals, I would call it, for these title races. Um, and I'm afraid our dear leader is one of them. I was in the same boat as yourself, to be honest. I fully expected us to, to bounce back. I know a lot had been made in the run-up about Ross County um, and, and particularly their home record, obviously. They hadn't lost a, a game up there, I don't think, in the league since Tony Ralston's winner in the 833rd minute against them <laughs> last year, so I, I I was still but very, very confident going into the game and obviously it was a disappointment last Sunday, we'll not obviously touch on that too much, but I, I fully backed the team to, to bounce back their record domestically since that tricky start has, has been absolutely, you know, flawless near about, so no, I, I had no worries to be honest going into to Sunday I knew, as you said, it'd be a difficult game to an extent, but in the end, as much as a lot of the kind of media chat after it was that it was a nervy Celtic win, I think that's just down to the fact that we're at this this stage of the season just now. And to be honest, I thought we were in complete control from minute one. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll obviously discuss that in a bit more detail just now. Yeah, same with you. I mean, later on, I'll read the stats for the game, but that wasn't a nervy one at all. I don't know what they were thinking. I mean... Probably just hurting, I suppose. <laughs> Alright, so if we just briefly talk about the team that was selected... When in the big decision, really, the the manager made, he started Kyogo for the first time since December when he got injured up at uh, St. Johnson, with Gigi back in the bench, and Matt O'Reilly started as well instead of Tom Rogic, and other than that, it was expected Anthony Ralston in for Juranovic, who is going to be out for a few weeks, and we started the game on the front foot, putting Ross County under a lot of pressure for the start, 
and for the fifth game in a row in the league, we scored a goal in the first 20 minutes. And it was Kyogo, a brilliant header after 12 minutes. It was a fantastic cross by Jota, who we'll talk a bit more about later. But I thought, I know he got a lot of stick for last week because he was poor, but Jota was, I thought, back to his best yesterday. His brilliant performance. And that was a great header. And it really reminded me, I don't want to put too much pressure on Kyogo here, but it really reminded me of the sort of goal that the legendary Henry Larson would score. He just timed his jump superbly. He knew exactly where Jota was going to put the ball in it. And to me, that was a really Larson-esque goal. What do you think, Spunkphone? Yeah, it was a, a phenomenal ball in for, for Jota. And, um, right on the money, Gilgo really just had to kind of redirect it at goal. And it was a, a top-class uh, top class header, obviously, his, his first start since coming back. So he'd have enjoyed that one, obviously, getting off the off the mark as well. Can I just touch on briefly as well? See the initial pass into Jota from McGregor? There was a certain angle they showed at Natelli afterwards, sort of pitch side, ground level. What a pass, by the way. Honestly, I know all the talk will be Jota's ball, which is, you know, fantastic. But the pass in him for McGregor as well was just top draw. And after that, we after we took the league, we really dominated the entire first half. We definitely should have scored at least in our two goals. Hugo had a, a sort of weird effort where he sclaffed it and it bounced to the top of the bar. But they showed it in the highlights and sports scene last night. He'd done an absolutely fantastic spin to get away from his marker. That was a brilliant, really, sort of striking move to get into the space. And he sort of miskicked it, and it bobbled onto the bar. Then he had another great chance we really should have scored, where O'Reilly hit a shot, and Ross Laidlaw spilled it. And Kyogo, I think, had maybe too much time. He had like a split second. And I think if he'd less time, he would have buried it. But Laidlaw managed to make the save. And then Laidlaw made a, another brilliant save for a direct message after a great cross eh, from Jota. Laidlaw made the save. There was another good moment where Dyson and Kyogo worked well together, like passing one-twos to each other, and Kyogo put it over the bar. But, I mean, the first half I thought were excellent, and that really would have put any fears to rest that there was going to be a hangover after the Cup semi-final. First half, I think, is the best we've played in a long time, probably even better than against St. Johnson, because... This is a much tougher game, as we said earlier. Ross County hadn't beat at home this calendar year. We were the last time we beat them up there. And no, to me, that first half performance really was a statement of intent of what Selic were going to do. And it was just a pity we didn't get more than one goal. Yeah, no, we just came out, as I say, got the early goal. Totally controlled the, the possession. Totally controlled it in terms of chance creation. Kyogo obviously had a, a few chances after he'd scored. He had one actually where he did have it in the back of the net, which was ruled out for offside, which... It wasn't offside either. No, a lot of talk of that today, John. Surprisingly, despite the fact there was a mile onside. It was the guy's leg played him on. I mean, if we get that wonderful VAR next year and that we're getting in the middle of the season, eh, good move there. Eh, no, it would have been onside and... It is uh, interesting that we've heard practically nothing about that, probably because we won. But I mean, no, that would have obviously put us like 2 0 on easy street. But no doubt if we get a goal disallowed next week, uh, there'll not be much reaction either. But no, uh, as we were saying, uh, first half, we were, we were brilliant. Totally in control for minute one, and that continued obviously in the second half as well. I uh, second half, the sort of level went down maybe a wee bit, which you thought was going to happen because uh, they were always going to have like, a spell in the game. And, I mean, I know the press, the wonderful guys were going on about how like they'd like a spell in the second half. I saw Malky going on about how they stood up well and all that. Malky should stick to just being a ridiculous man, which is what he is. But, I mean, they never really had any chances. The only thing I really remember was a ball sort of bounced in the box and 
Carter Vickers, who I thought was excellent, blocked a shot. But that was really the only chance. And then I, th- I think we really improved a lot when Jack and Marcus came on. We made a triple change, which is the sort of thing that uh, Ange likes to do. In the 64th minute, we took off Kyogo, Dyson and O'Reilly and brought on Abada, Rogic and Gigi. And I thought the three of them all contributed. I thought Abada, he really should have scored. He's, his finishing has mostly been good this season, but in the last few games when he's had chances, apart from that one against... Well, he scored against St. Johnson. He could have scored again in that one. At Ibrox, he could have scored two. At the weekend there, he had that great chance where he sort of fluffed the shot when it really was well-placed for him. But I mean, I thought he'd done well. We'll talk about the second goal in a minute. I thought that Rogic done well when he came on as well. I thought somebody's passing was excellent and he was getting in good positions. And I thought Gigi caused, caused him a lot of problems as well. He was holding the ball up well. He was always in the penalty box. I thought he was excellent. And it was the 87th minute. We were definitely looking for the second goal. And thankfully, Jota was there. He put it into the back of the net. It was a quick throw in, I think, from Ralston. He put it into the path of Abada. His cross ended up at the feet of Gigi. He had a sort of deflected low shot that hit the bar. And there was Jota, who really did show a lot of hunger and appetite to get in there ahead of the Ross County defender and make it 2-0. And I thought that was a very good goal. And I know everybody's going to talk about Jota, and we will again in a minute. But I thought that Gigi and Abada played a big part as well, especially Gigi. I thought they two played well when they came on. Yeah, no, they did. Um, As you say, both of them were were fantastic when they came on. Abada had, had obviously... Opportunities to score himself. Gigi will be disappointed that he never put that um, effort away late on as well. But it was it was quick thinking and, and really good play. Obviously, did that right hand side, and as you say, Yakimakis had that kind of deflected effort. Unlucky not to score, but massive credit to Jota, who um, we are going to wax lyrical about in a moment. But he, he really was phenomenal yesterday, and as you say, it is that kind of hunger and that desire just to be in there at the right moment. If you get, you know a bobble deflection if, if the ball falls at your feet and, and then to obviously take the opportunity as well. But I thought, as as I say, we always had total control of the game. They had a couple of half chances, you see, the one cut of because of the, a block off as well. But the second goal was always coming. And um, credit to the, the two substitutes for combining because uh, I thought, as I say, they, they were really effective when they came on. And Warren, before we talk about Jota, who was man of the match, I have to say, I wonder about Greg Taylor. I know he's really nobody's favourite. But I thought he was really, really good. I mean, I think he's been very good for weeks. Okay, he didn't have the best game last week. He did still score. But nobody played well last week apart from Carter Vickers. Nobody turned up. I mean, hopefully they'll make up for that at the weekend. But I think Greg Taylor's sort of underrated in a way because I don't really know everybody that thinks... Oh, no, in fact, in fact I think I saw somebody put on Twitter there was like a... A sign at one of the games, somebody went in Greg Taylor's shirt, but I think he's probably the only Greg Taylor, like, number one fan, because he's, like, the... He's never going to be, like, up there with the most popular players, just because, like, he's probably... And I hope this isn't been too harsh, the weakest link in the squad, actually, maybe he's no, but... He, he really makes... He's more of a... I don't know, he, he makes up for what he lacks and like, skill, I'd say, with like application and desire and determination. And I can understand why Ange loves him so much and he's always picking him in the team when he's available. Because that's the sort of thing Ange, I think, really values. I mean, I know people will talk about the the silky football we play and the goals that we score. And we, that was that goal we scored on Saturday, Sunday, George, was our 125th goal of the season. So, I mean, people will talk about that, but I think Ange really likes a team that's determined and battling and likes to get there and put up a fight, and that's what Taylor does. And, I mean, he, he gets, like, 
kicked around a lot and he just gets something gets on with it. And I, I know like he's nobody's favourite player, but I think he's been for the most part he's played well for us this season. I don't know why MD thinks he's a hero, but I do think he's played well this season. Yeah, no, I, I thought he was brilliant yesterday, Greg Taylor. And I think that's the thing, you know, I was talking about obviously the manager loves him and he's got that determination, desire and everything like that. And and obviously it goes back to that quote from Ange when he said when he came in that it was him and Ralston, um, Taylor and Ralston that is, who were, you know, two of the, the kind of players that really bought into what he was doing. And, and you can see that in the way that they play and the improvement that there's been in both of them over the last 12 months. Greg Taylor's more than good enough domestically and I think for, for most of this season's played pretty well for us. My thing with him is when you step the level up, you know, He's actually played pretty well in the games against Rangers, but I'm talking about maybe going into Europe, for example, that then he can get exposed. Then he is maybe, as you say, a weak link. But I think domestically, say with the application, um, you know, he's, he's constantly up and down that left-hand side when Ange wants him to be to receive the ball and, and, and you know, the whole tactical side of it. But I, I just think, as, as you say, it was really good yesterday and, and he's been pretty consistent for us this season domestically. The only worry is when you... You step things up, but I, I think yesterday was one of the players who really was stood up and be counted. Uh, to be fair about the step up in class, there's probably a load of Celtic players that you're not really sure how good they're going to do in Europe. Like if you look at how we played in Europe this year, it was uh, up and down a mixed bag. I'd say. So before we talk about Joe, I just want to have a quick mention of the statistics for yesterday because I know that it was the BBC who said it was a, a nervy win somehow. So. We had 22 attempts in goal. Ross County had six. We had five in target. They had one. We had 11 corners. They had two. 74% possession compared to 26. So I don't know what the BBC were thinking. A great, great institution, obviously, but they were wrong there. Right, so on to Jota. It was a great performance. He was involved in everything that was good about Celtic. That, as we said earlier, that cross for Hugo's goal was spectacular. His cross as well for Dyson's chance was excellent. The goal he scored at the end was just great hunger and determination. There's obviously doubts about his future because, I mean, even after the game, he didn't give much away when Sky asked him. He just sort of said that he wasn't going to talk about it, which I can understand. So what are your... And just before we get your thoughts, it's 11 goals he scored this season and 12 assists, which is good going for a, a winger. When you consider how inconsistent wingers can be at times, we've been lucky really that for the most part of the season, Abada and Jota have been so consistent. I mean, I think they've got 26 goals between them this season, which is really good for wingers, and especially when you consider how long we had Hugo out for. That's, that was a big help when we were struggling for goals. So, what's your thoughts on Jota yesterday, and what do you think the chances of him staying at us next season? Because I've got my doubts, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there will definitely be interest, um, interest in him. Obviously, Benfica will have a a new manager in the summer, um, you know, whether or not he wants to, to keep him around and maybe sees him as part of the plans there. Or I think even teams in England and, and across Europe will be looking at him because, you know, more often than not for us this season, he's, he's been very, very good. I was one of the first people to criticise him last week. As you said, I don't think a lot of players covered him selling glory last week, but I did think he was particularly poor and, and really struggled to, to make an impact in that game. But yesterday was, you know, anything but he, he bounced back and as you say played a, a big part in the, the first goal with that brilliant ball into Kyogo um, and then he's obviously on the end of that 
that chance for the second goal to seal it late on as well. I'd love to see him stay along, obviously, with, with Carter Vickers as well. The two of them have been you know, right up there in terms of consistency and performances for us this season. But as I say, I, I don't imagine there'll be any lack of interest in, in the both of them. Obviously, there was some kind of promising news or, or reports in midweek about Carter Vickers being in talks and You've just got to hope that, that the same obviously happens with Jota because they've been massive players for us this season and you want to keep that kind of continuity in the squad as well and, and hold on to your big players. So, fingers crossed, but as I say, I've got no doubt that there'll be a number of clubs looking at them and might well be in the picture at Benfica as well with our new manager coming in the summer. I'd imagine that Benfica want to give him a chance and as you say, there'll be clubs in England interested. I think if... I was to guess if either of the players were going to stay, I'd imagine it'd be Carter Vickers because, I mean, as you said, there was that story the other day that there was, like, more talks between us and Tottenham and there's not really been much speculation at all about Jota's future other than I think there was a brief couple of things in January about how we're hoping to get a deal done for, like, six million. But I don't know, I think Benfica... I know we can get a deal done for that, but I really think Benfica are wanting to give him a chance. So just before we talk about... uh, some other things. That's us six points ahead. We've got a massive advantage in the goal difference. I think we're 17 goals ahead or something like that. Four games left to go. So are you confident then, Spunkphone, that we will get that title one? Not long now, John. That's that's what I'm going to say about it. We're closing in. You know, I, 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 I don't want to say things that will come back to potentially bite me. Um, I was quite coy on it, even when we went to Ibrox saying, you know, if we go six clear, it ain't over till it's over and all that all that sort of partner but I mean you win on Sunday and it is done and dusted pretty much but I just think with the consistency levels we've shown since that tricky start where I think we lost something like three in the first six you know we've lost one game domestically and it was a a cup semi-final and extra time since so I I just can't see us dropping the required points in the the remaining four games to to even give them a sniff and and I think um, you know I I think we'll get it done next week I'm, I'm going to be honest I'm going to put my neck in the line right now John and say I think we'll win one on Sunday if I'm uh, I'm not making a prediction because I got it so badly wrong about the semi-final but no I mean I'm confident that we'll, we'll get the job done I think that one yesterday was gigantic really I mean if we hadn't won I'd have been concerned because if like, we were four points ahead with four games to go like playing Rangers that'd be a real worry if they get the win there'll be one point in it I mean, if, God forbid, they did win next week, there'd all be three points in it, but I mean, we still have the advantage, we still have the goal difference, so no good overboard yet, but I'm uh, fairly confident that soon enough we'll all be celebrating either in East End of Glasgow or in George Square where we won't be uh, writing any benches and having to pay to get them fixed. But no, so we'll just briefly talk about uh, next week's game because... I think we'll probably do a preview towards the end of the week. I'll need to talk to our dear leader about that, who will be in attendance for the game next week. I won't. Will you be attending the game next Sunday, Spunkphone? I missed out. I had the notifications on and everything for the, the Celtic tickets account. and had the ticket ready to go in the basket, you know, then e-ticket and did e-ticket and things. But I managed to get tickets today for, for Hearts and Motherwell, so... All is not lost. Of course, I can't attend the Motherwell game because I'm going to a, a family wedding, grown... So when everybody's gone mad and celebrating us, hopefully lifting the league trophy, I'll be stuck at a, a wedding, drinking champagne in an attempt to uh, attempt to feel that I'm there, and then I'll try and get a, 
a train home at about eleven o'clock, and hopefully I can still find a party. But <laughs> no, that's that's for the future. But so uh, next Sunday, then twelve o'clock kickoff, the showdown after Rangers playing Thursday night in uh, Europe. We don't really want to talk about that. So what I'm really going to ask you is, what do you think that Ange will do up front, and what would you do? Because I mean, obviously he's got this big decision to make. He play either Kyogo or Gigi up front. I would go with Gigi because I think he causes Rangers so much problems. He did that in the two games I played against him this season. He didn't score, but he really was a big, big impact in the game. Even like when we were defending corners, I thought he was big. I would hope that Gigi starts and Kyogo's on the bench, and we play Jota and Dyson in the wings. But what I think will happen is it'll be. Dyson and Jota on the wings and Kyogo up front with Gigi on the bench to come on in the second half. What do you think will happen? And what do you think should happen? I think he will go with Kyogo. As much as Gigi caused them problems, as you say, in the two games where, you know, despite not scoring, they really did bully them. I mean, Goldson, for example, just didn't fancy that battle with him at all in those two games and he, they just caused absolute chaos. But I think with Kyogo back, having obviously scored this weekend as well and, and got a good number of minutes under his belt in the last couple of weeks. I, I think it will be Kyogo he goes with. I think it will be Dyson probably off the, the left and Jot on the right. But yeah, I, I think it will be Kyogo he goes with. I, I wouldn't have any problem with either of them starting because I say Gigi's made an impact against him in the last couple of games where he's he's played. But yeah, I think Angel go with Kyogo. What I hope he doesn't do is play them both with Kyogo on the wing because we tried that before against Rangers, and it didn't work. I mean, Kyogo did eventually like, have some good chances in that game, but he was sort of wasted to an extent in the wing. And I know that like Edward missed that great chance, and it was nothing each, but I think we really get the best at Kyogo through the middle, so I would hope that it's one or the other. I really hope it's no both of them, because I don't think you get the best out of Kyogo when he's on the wing, and what he's much better off through the middle. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think Anne said something along the lines, to be fair, after the, the game that it was easy to say, I suppose, in hindsight, but that going forward, they wouldn't want to play Kyogo off the left in, in those kind of big games. So he's certainly more effective um, through the through the middle. And I think um, just in terms of the, the physicality, in terms of tracking back, press and everything that you get from, from Dyson, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd want him in the team against them. I know he maybe didn't have the best game in the semi-final, but as we've said, I, I don't think anyone played particularly well that day but I think he'll go with Kyogo I think he'll be through the middle famous last words but fingers crossed John right so that'll do it for episode 110 of Gigpod Spunkphone thanks very much mate for coming on and you can plug where everybody can find you online it's been a, a pleasure as always John I've, I've got enough clout already off this particular podcast so I'll just let you do your, your sign off there and, and plug all the socials for the, the great work that Stevie is doing on there but as I say lovely chat with yourself as always thank you mate same with you yep you can find us on Twitter at Gigpod and on Instagram at Gigpod where Stevie writes sensational tweets and on Instagram where he makes sensational videos which are no longer 60 seconds long and are now epic like three and four minute jobs and I'm sure you'll have a review up of the game next Sunday and he'll probably do bits and pieces beforehand as well and he'll probably be on 67 Hail Hail as well this week on YouTube with Hamish and John and the rest of the guys in there so you can find that or if you just want to Google and put in 67 Hail Hail no doubt you'll see Stevie making a a strange looking face and a Twitter thumbnail for your, for your enjoyment as well you, can, you know where to get us by now and all the usual podcast platforms. We've been doing it long enough. You know where to get us. And our numbers have been going through the roof recently with all the derbies and all the excitement. And hopefully the, 
the numbers will increase even more as the excitement gets built to fever pitch as we uh, hopefully go on and win the league in the next few weeks. So we'll be back, no doubt, with a preview before the derby next Sunday. So we'll speak to you all then. Thanks everybody for listening and hail hail. Podcast Network.